G'day and welcome back to another episode of Ideas Digest. My name is Conrad and if you have followed our journey on Instagram, you may already know the devastating news that my best friend and podcast co-host Cam Ferry died uh, like a week or so ago in a workplace related accident um it's just been absolutely just devastating um the support that i've gotten and cam's family has gotten from who cam and i regularly described as friends of the show if you if you listen you're instantly a friend of the show and the support that i mean i personally have received from the friends of the show which now i mean if you're still listening family of the show uh, so I, I want to thank everybody for their support as, you know, we just learn to navigate a new world with a new chasm and a new world filled with a, a lot of pain at the moment. And as we just work out how to live and make room and space for that pain. So I still have a fair few episodes I recorded with Cam that I haven't released yet. We would just, you know, do interviews back to back as many as we could because we just wanted to get that consistent flow of episodes out. And so I have six or seven or so episodes lined up ready to go with Cam and I. And so I'm honored to be able to share with you more of the great conversations that Cam and I had and some of the time that I got to spend with Cam doing what we loved, doing what he loved, which was exploring challenging ideas and engaging and understanding the human who holds those ideas. Cam was so great at occupying the space of non-judgment. He was probably the best listener I've ever met. He really made people feel comfortable and safe as they shared openly and honestly. So enjoy this episode. And the following episodes that come out with me and Cam uh, and enjoy these episodes in memory of my best mate, Cam. I'm right and you're wrong. Once you start labeling people. Categorizing of humans and ideas. You have desensitized yourself to the humanity of that other human being. To who they really are. And in the marketplace of ideas. These things are complicated, man. We all need to engage with a variety of viewpoints. A genuine multicultural connection with another. I mean, sometimes you don't need to agree or disagree. You just need to sit with it and digest. Welcome back, everybody, to Ideas Digest, the podcast where, Cam, we fear no idea. No, And we practice humanizing those we disagree with by by listening to them. So yeah. we, we hear them out and then yeah. we discover, oh, look, you're yeah. human as well you're as me. You're a person and not yeah. that scary. <laughs> yeah, and not that scary. That's true. Yeah. If you're new to the show, welcome. If you're a friend of the show, well, thanks for getting involved because yeah. uh, if you keep if you want to get involved, you can keep an eye on our Instagram and yeah. we put up polls and ask questions and yeah. discussions and it's yeah. been quite active this week. We've yeah. had a few uh, suggestions sent through, a few questions sent through. Sure. And that's yeah. good. And yeah. we'll uh, integrate it as part of the show as we yeah. go. So. Yeah. Um, you guys are definitely helping shape it. So, yes. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, Cam, these last few weeks, we've been guided down the rabbit hole shown yes. to us by our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Our listeners yeah. say, hey, here's a rabbit hole. Yeah. Chase it. And we yeah. go, all right, let, yeah. let's see what... It looks like a good rabbit hole. <laughs> let's see how far this goes. And uh, what we've actually been exploring the last couple of weeks, if you've been either tuning into our lives 
or watching the release of our podcast, where we've, we've been exploring a lot of perspectives from outside formalized Protestant Christianity. Yes. Uh, yes. Either people who are on the on the edges or the fringes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or some people who've just left. Yeah. Um, or and, people who are never a part of it, but... You know, but kind of yeah. can see it yeah, from the outside right. in. Yeah. So some some people might be thinking, oh, we're just like taking a big dig at, at formalized Christianity. Yes. Uh, no, not really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I can understand if you feel that way. And if you're still listening and you feel that way, I'm clapping. Well done. <laughs> yeah. That's the point of the show. <laughs> yeah, can yeah. we listen to the things that make us uncomfortable yeah. Yeah. and develop as we do that? Uh, so... Like most rabbit holes can, mm. the deeper we go, the further we actually find out they, they can go. So yes. like every good child with a big family size packet of chips, yeah. we don't know when to stop. Yeah. And yeah. today is no different. Yeah. Today's clickbait is on trend. Yes. Here we go. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Ready. Healing the spiritual trauma church gave me. Wow. Churches can give spiritual trauma? And what is spiritual trauma? Yeah. <laughs> so many things to unpack. So, so uh, well... That's clickbait. I want to know what's going on we, here. We, 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 ha- we have to keep going. Yeah. Uh, now, the me in that clickbait title is our new friend of the show, Thomas. Thomas has joined us on Instagram Live. Thomas, thanks for being a part of the show. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, we've did something a little bit different this week, and I have introduced... Uh, Character profiles, guest <laughs> profiles, what do you call them? Video yeah. game profiles, yeah. where we just get basic information. Like when we judge people, we often judge on basic information. And, yeah, and which is why, it, like, default question in Australia is, "What do you do for a living?" Yeah, yeah. So that you can get boxed into, you yeah. know, oh, you're a teacher. Are you a tradie? Are yeah. you a teacher? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we, I, I uh, asked Thomas ahead of time. Can you kind of fill out these categories? And I put them up, at, and I put them to our listeners to help us judge him the best so if you missed that on our instagram we'll run through it thomas is 21 he's from arizona usa i've never been to arizona mm. um he went to a private christian school camp okay are you forming right. some assumptions yeah, I'm, I'm okay getting some some ammunition for sure he, he's <laughs> finishing a degree in digital film okay. uh, I don't know who's doing analog these days, <laughs> but hey, maybe it's a thing. You'll probably, you'll probably be like, no, no, it's a thing. Like all us yeah. hipsters. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm right. analog guy. Oh, the analog and the film guys. Yeah, yeah. They go at it. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out later. I'm still rolling Super 16, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's above my head. I don't even yeah. know what that is. He knows. Thomas knows. Thomas will know. He got to laugh. I got to laugh. <laughs> yeah, all our listeners are like, I don't know. What you're talking about. <laughs> he was, he was, he was raised conservative Baptist. All right. Okay. Okay. So yeah. is he conservative Baptist yeah. now? I don't know. Clickbait gives something a way that maybe perhaps the potentially conservative Baptist has resulted in spiritual trauma. Yeah. So, Thomas, we're going to play a game with you, okay? Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what the game is called. We still haven't named yeah, it. Yeah, we still haven't named it. But it's just us judging you. We should you. ask the listeners to help yeah, yeah. name it. <laughs> if you're listening, you can help name this segment. If you're joining us live, we are about to level all the assumptions we can against Thomas that we, that we might have formed yeah. by finding out who he is and yeah. listening to the clickbait. Yeah. Uh, he gets to simply say yes or no. The boxes are tiny. He must fit in them. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, no nuance. nuance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. You'll have you'll have a chance to pull it apart later on, but in this little okay. this little section, you it's yes or no. Yes or no. Yeah. Maybe's nah. That's <laughs> yeah. a cop out. Yeah. That's a fence sitter. You give yourself a wedgie. Yeah, that's uh, right. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. He's twenty one, Cam. Yeah. He went to a private school. Yeah. He's a young millennial snowflake. Oh, he has Is to that be. true? You're a millennial snowflake. Yes. 
yeah. I appreciate <laughs> the honesty. Yeah. Disproving his millennial snowflake right, by yeah. showing he has resilience <laughs> yeah. for a label. Well done. That's right. Well done. Yeah, yeah. kudos, kudos. Okay. All right. Arizona, you've got to be pro gun. Uh no. All right, now, now these ones, these are very generic ones that yeah. they're for on behalf of us Australians who yes. when we meet an American, we go, oh, you love guns and yeah. you are pro-Trump. Yeah. No, Ooh. okay. They're, they're the question. If you ever meet an Aussie, they'll be like, oh, you love Trump? What do you think of Trump? And you're yeah. like, I'm sick of answering <laughs> yeah. this question. Every traveler, every American we came across traveling was like, oh, here we Stop go. asking me about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So you call movies films because you're like a film nerd yeah. person. So I know those like, type of guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I, went, I, know I saw a film the other day. I'm yeah. like, it's a movie, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, no, just, yes. But it's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he likes all those like indie art house films that go way over my head. Cam, yeah. you probably like them. I probably, I'm probably on a similar page. Like, yeah. But I don't call them films just because I'm... I don't know, socialised not to. Yeah, you just want to fit in. Well yeah. done. Well done, Cam. That's why we're still friends. Uh, okay. So from from friend of the show, uh, Jacob XV Media, uh, he's sent in this one. Your dad must be a pastor for all the spiritual trauma. Yes. Oh, he's Ooh, got it. Wow, nailed it. He's got it. Absolutely he's... nailed okay. him to the wall. There we go. Uh, all right, another friend of the show. Um, this one's coming from the clickbait. You might be feeling a little guilty or pain, and you're looking to place it into that into someone or something else. It's quite a deep one, that yeah, one. <laughs> quite deep and specific. Yeah. You might need a minute to think about that. That's interesting. The very deep, for the, yeah, yeah. Or just yeah. the blanket assumption. Answering that without nuance is very because I have the, have the tendency to be like, oh well. Well, yes. here we Let's yes. go to yeah, yeah. a couple other other. Hold, um, wow, that's really good. Let's just say yes, and I'll elaborate okay. on that later. All right, yeah. good. That's, that's yes. a good answer, and we. We'll, I feel like we can pull a lot of questions nice. out of that because <laughs> something can be both true and yes, not true, right. as yeah. we discover. So, yeah. Uh, if yeah, if anyone has any assumptions, you can always send them through. Be a part of the show. Yes. Um, because with our assumptions. We all have them. Yeah. Let's let's not hide from that fact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hear he's from Arizona. I actually don't have many assumptions yeah. about Arizona. Actually, one more. Oh yeah. If he's Baptist and he's from Arizona, he's got to be Southern Baptist. Are you, right? Yeah, are you Southern it's Baptist? Like the... We um actually Independent Baptist. Oh right. Oh, we'll okay. have to unpack what the difference yeah. is. <laughs> I know it's going to be theological. Yeah, yeah. And I know it's. They might not even like each other. Like, I no, doubt no, those, they would. those heretics never... independence yeah, over there. Right, the Southern's yeah, like, yeah. just join yeah. the group, man. You might as well be universal if you're independent, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. All right. That's cool. Thank Well played. Well played on the uh, the assumptions. Thank game. you. Um, I guess it's I guess it's over to you now. You can end, you can take apart any of those assumptions that we've thrown at you. Like even you might even want to start with that last one because it was yeah. a fairly heavy assumption. So Tell us your story. Tell us um, about yourself and tell us about the clickbait. And then, yeah, then lead us to the clickbait. Okay. So I am, I'm actually, so I'm currently in Arizona. I've been living here for three years, but I was actually born and raised in, well, I was born in Florida. I was raised in North Carolina. So I was raised oh, in the Bible Belt. That's yeah, a so belt. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, the, the church that we're a part of, it's 
independent Baptist, just meaning that we don't necessarily have, like, so the Southern Baptist is like the Southern Baptist Convention. So, like, it's like all the churches, like, meet together. Okay. We're just, like, Baptists, and we don't meet with anyone else, basically. Oh, um, so, by your choosing or their choosing? <laughs> oh, uh, or is it that's mutual? a good question. <laughs> I don't actually know. It, it might be mutual. I feel like if we showed up at, like, a Southern Baptist convention, they would just be like, oh, okay. Like, oh, okay. You know, you're, yeah, you're like, mostly, who's this guy? Because yeah. yeah. there's a difference between, so there's Southern Baptist convention, independent Baptist, which is what my church would probably identify as, and then independent fundamentalist Baptist, oh, um, which is, yeah, it's yeah. so awesome. We're really digging into that yeah. 30,000 different <laughs> <Yeah>. ones. <laughs> it's literally yeah. so niche. I'll talk to my friends about denominations all day and their eyes start glazing over and they're just like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. You lost me at independent can we glaze? Can we glaze some eyes? Yeah, why, yeah. Is the, why is uh, like your denomination independent? And the Southern, obviously the Southern, what would be the key difference? What's like that one thing that says the determining factor that puts you in each box? As far as I've come to understand it, independent Baptist um, isn't independent um, fundamentalist Baptist because they don't necessarily share all of independent fundamentalist Baptist beliefs, but they're not Southern Baptist because they just aren't in the convention with everyone else, as far as I can tell. Are the beliefs the same? Um, I would say that the beliefs of the independent Baptist church that I go to is very similar to the Southern Baptist convention, Um, but not necessarily the, the IFB church because they're a little, uh, there's a page I follow on Twitter called fake sermon and just the stuff that they choose to get upset about is very funny. Um, if you can like like kind of work interesting read. (laughs) Oh, fake sermon. That's not satirical. That's. Yeah, well, it's fake sermon. Is it's a, a Twitter page that takes actual clips from oh wow like independent fundamentalist Baptist um, pastors, and it's just yeah. them yelling about like Starbucks and like why being feminine is evil and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Classic. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, so lead us, yeah, lead us on like you. The clickbait saying is some uh spiritual trauma that the church gave you and, and you yeah. coming to healing that like mm-hmm. where do you where does that begin yeah yeah well that's that's really interesting um a lot of this comes down to hell what hell was taught right like right. like what is what is hell you know and i grew up seeing a lot of pictures i would see like a lot of baptist churches will use pictures of these like these souls so it's like skeletal kind of like muscular like people like all their flesh has burned off and they're oh, just stuck so in this fiery wow. pit yeah wow. and i and i saw plenty of that you know yeah. and it's and I, and you were taught that that those pictures was going to await you if anyone who wasn't baptist yeah they wouldn't say not <laughs> baptist but Okay. As I as I grew up and started like seeing a lot of the stuff sort that they, the they said, yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of that, you know, and yeah. and it's maybe not necessarily they're like no no one but Baptists can go to heaven, um, okay. but um, no one like, it is doesn't like, believe what we believe. Yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, that that would that would be it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I remember specifically. Um, 
this evangelist coming to our church and we do these like week-long um revivals basically so this evangelist yeah yeah yeah. so it's not like we didn't go out to a tent you know okay um, no tent okay that's slightly right. disappointing. And I'm not going to lie. I know. I, I cried every time I got in there. I'm like, where's the test? <laughs> no one was casting themselves on the ground and like writhing, you know, in agony yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that a lot, of the, the, a lot of the messages weren't the same. So I remember okay. this evangelist coming and he does this whole sermon on hell and how it's a real place. It's probably the center of the earth. And it's right below our feet, you know. Oh, really literal. Like, if we just dig far enough, we're going to find the devil and a pit that burns forever. Well, the pit that burns forever, it's quite hot down there. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, he's not far off. (laughs) I love the idea that you just dig until you find the center of the earth. And you go, and there's just the devil there. And he's like, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how'd you get in here? <laughs> oh, it's not your time yet. Um, <laughs> I'll come for you later. <laughs> yeah. um, and so this man is saying, he's like, so here's something you need to know. In the center of the earth, there's all this, there's like nickel surrounding all of like the magma in the center of the earth. And if everything is, if, since the world is constantly rotating, that nickel is probably constantly pounding. So he's like, I just want you to imagine that you're in hell right now, which is great to hear when you're eight years old. Eight years Um, old. Something like that. I was very young and I hated it. Um, He is like, and this is what it's going to sound like. And for like, I don't know how long it was because I was really young. It felt like five whole minutes. Um, It was probably like 15 seconds. Yeah. But he starts like screaming essentially oh, and just like man. pounding his hands on the pulpit. And I was just there like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, yeah. And like, I never like said anything to anyone about this for like a yeah, really long yeah. time. I actually talked yeah. to my dad about it like a few months ago. And my dad was like, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> and I was like, why did I talk to you about this when I was eight? Yeah. You know? I'm like, yeah. he was like, yeah, this, this guy is saying a bunch of stuff that just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Um, it seems to me from what I just got from you that you felt that that was weird. Your father felt it was weird. But no, none of you said anything because there was like this cultural, like you're not allowed to you assumed question. That your, did, like, did you assume your dad was kind of on, on board, on board and, with this and that well. you needed to believe it yeah I, I i would say that i assumed that my dad was on board so my dad and i have a lot of disagreements about the bible and about theology and i'm just now as at the age of 21 starting to like open up about that to him um because i so a lot of the the trauma that i i started inheriting was if you disagree with your parents, you disagree with God. Um, so I basically felt like I could not, I could not, because it's like uh, Paul has in, in one of his epistles, he's like, children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Um, so I was like, I was very concerned about doing what was right because um, as I had come to understand it, doing what was right was evidence of salvation. So if you're not doing what's right, how do you know you are saved uh, saved to begin with, you know? Uh, and so I was terrified of that. I was like, Oh, like I, I can't be a Christian 
if I'm not, you know, like being like a very good kid. And there were times where I was not a very good kid. Uh, and that would put, that would really depress me. So what, what you're saying is that you, you knew within yourself that you weren't like a good kid in inverted commas. Like there was yeah. things that you were doing that was like your parents weren't happy with or your teachers weren't happy with or whatever. And you're like, ah, right. crap, that means I'm <laughs> not a Christian. Like I'm going to that place where oh. the dude screams for hours. <laughs> right. So this, yeah. this idea, this idea that um, I needed to be exemplifying my salvation, right? Um, if I, if I felt I wasn't doing that enough, I'm like, how do I even know? How do I know that I'm in with God? You know, like I'm in the camp and Jesus is like going to accept me. So the picture I'm seeing, and it's interesting because I am familiar with all of these concepts, but the picture I'm seeing now is a young child and teenager growing up. Impressionable. With a very real <laughs> like sense of like hell is real. Yeah. And if... I'm not saved that I'm going there. Yeah. And if mm-hmm. if I'm not doing if I'm not being good or I'm not a good person, I'm breaking rules or I'm getting in trouble. Yeah. Every time you get in trouble, it sounds like that's questioning your salvation. So yes. every time you get in trouble, you're picturing that man screaming going, yeah. "Crap, that's where I'm heading." Yeah. That yeah, absolutely. And it's like my parents they never threatened me with it, right? They're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. wow, like actually I think my parents because I've only just now started being open about this and started t- talking about it. And it's very confusing to my parents yeah. um, because yeah. I wasn't open with them. Right. Mm, they didn't know that you'd formed this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I was like, if I'm saying anything that's opposite of what I believe about the Bible right now, I'm outside of that and it's just not going to go well. So I really struggle even today to talk to them and they know, and we've, and we've had conversations about that. And I, and I do hate that. Like that's, that's, you know, part of it. But my, what my dad used to have to do when I was really little, I would, I would like go and I'd, I'd go and get him. And I was like, how do I know I'm saved? And he would be like, he's like, well, and he'd, he'd like lead me through like this, like passage of like oh, this and this and this. I'm like, but I don't always do that. And so I would have these panic attacks probably like, or just these complete, Oh man, from, I don't even know how young, from probably ages four till eight. Uh, I'm just where my dad would have to come and lay in the bed with me until I would fall asleep Um, because I was so worried about it. Um, And that's kind of where it all started coming from. I was like, how are we just walking around and just enjoying our lives when we know that some people are going to burn in hell for eternity? I just like, want to ask, how did you, like, have you had conversations with your father now? Like, what was what was their thought process? Did they ever think, oh, maybe we shouldn't be, you know, bringing these ideas to Thomas's head because he's clearly not coping with it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there was... Yeah, like, like was there a moment where your dad thought... Maybe the message this we're was sharing. troubling yeah. you or... Mm-hmm. Well, I don't... I actually don't know. Um, right. I, he and I disagree, I would say about what hell is at this point in our lives too. So my dad would have a more literal view of, of it, not, maybe not necessarily that it's in the center of the world. Um, but that it is a place that people are stuck and like kind of, from what I, from what I know in the conversations I've had with him, that people are being tortured there. 
basically. Um, and that concept, I just, as I like started kind of growing in my, in my faith and getting to know this Jesus, who is just like the most interesting person I've ever like gotten to study. I'm like, oh, so that's the good news. The good news is, hey, there's this place that my dad tortures people in. But yeah. you don't yeah. have to go there. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. if you say this yeah. prayer and he just like yeah. throws out the scroll and it's the prayer. Um, yes. Yeah. You can like avoid that. Um, yeah. And that yeah, was so very... you're questioning like how good is that really? Like really, really? Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and that was your ticket, right? Like that formula, like you were saying, was this prayer. And I assume that's what the sinner's prayer. Whereas if you, if you mm-hmm. just say this prayer, then you're, you're saved. Yeah, you're in. You're yeah, in. Yeah. Your your name has been put in the holy book uh and the book of life yeah. and all the angels start dancing. I'd had a very literal view of that like they were all yeah. just kind of like, "Ooh, nice." Yeah. And then which if that's the case, they would be doing that all the time. Uh cuz right. yeah. uh, like, you know, if people were converting like that, then they'd just be like, yeah. "Oh, another and another," yeah. you know, and and yeah, how so, long do they dance for? <laughs> I, <laughs> is it just a little like they're like, and oh, okay, and we yeah. just go right, back. five minutes, guys. No more dancing. No yeah. more dancing. So, it's, and it sounds to me like I, I'm I'm beginning to really see, I guess, what you're talking about when when you're talking about spiritual trauma. That picture I'm painting of that eight year old kid that kid that's always insecure about whether or not they're burning forever, whether or not they've made it. Yeah. Did you say that sinner's prayer like once or way more times? <laughs> I've probably said that prayer one thousand times. Wow. Um a year. <laughs> oh, wow. um, you know, I would I would an ongoing just ongoing process. Yeah, I would just be consumed with guilt and shame, right. and I would just, yeah. I would just be like laying there. I'm like, God, if if you didn't, if I didn't say it right, would you say me now? Like, could I, you oh, know, like, yeah, yeah. So stuff like that, and yeah. that's pretty heavy I, to live with, like, yeah. like, like for uh, your entire childhood. Yeah, yeah, like like that heightened state of stress mm. for such a long time. It didn't start coming undone until I was 19 years old. Um, and yeah. that's when I started working through it. Um, yeah. So talk to us about that. What did, what did that look like? What, what was the what was the tipping point then? What got, what started moving you out of that that fear narrative? I guess. Right. So I had a heart condition where my my heart would just start beating really really fast for like no reason at all. And so my my mm-hmm. friends would say my face would just drain of, of blood and I'd just be white as a ghost. And I, I mean, I'm a pretty pale dude. I look white as a ghost most days, but even whiter. (laughs) Um, And um, I, they did two attempted ablations on me. So an ablation is like, they, they cut open your, your, like the tops of your legs, like right up, like near your hip, basically. And they take these wires, they put them up your arteries and they try to like burn a section of your heart that's actually beating out of rhythm with the rest of your wow. heart. Holy yeah, shit. So, wow, yeah, so I had that attempted on me once and it failed. And they're like, we couldn't get it. We're sorry. I go to the doctor for like another year trying to figure things out. They're like, we're going to try it again. And I was like, okay, this is it, man. Like, I'm, uh, this is going to be it. And I wake up and the guy just like the surgeon comes up. He's like, oh, it didn't happen. We didn't do it. And I was just 
looking at him and he's just like, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, you know, like, oh, like, like, I'm, I didn't know that you would be upset about this, but I had been dealing with it for like a really long time. So he's just watching like the tears start welling up in my eyes. Um, I had gone through a lot. This is my senior year of high school. I was very sad this year. And in the summer, I called my dad um, and I was like, I know I'm supposed to go to college this upcoming semester, but what if I took a year off and just went to Peru uh, where we have family members out in Peru? I have uh, my, my father's actually born in Peru. Uh, and so I have family members staying in Lima. Um, and I was like, I could go stay with grandma and grandpa and I could just, you know, try to figure things out. And so what we worked out is that I was going to stay there for like a semester. So I did my freshman, my first semester of freshman year online. Right. Um, so you still went to college? I'm at my college right now. I'm living oh, here for okay. the summer. I was actually going to congratulate him on doing what almost every Australian does and do a gap year yeah, where you yeah. just finish school and just Don't do, do one for a year and then go to college. But yeah. no, no, not the American way. Yeah. Okay, you can go overseas, just, just do college. Just study online. Okay, yeah. All right. So, yeah, you're Just at- keep going. Just do it anyway. I was like, Dad, yeah. you know what? I want to be Australian. And he's like, no, I'll do it yeah. the American way. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I did that. I, I was taking classes and living with my grandparents at the time. But I was really having a crisis of faith at, at this time. I um, was dealing with so much guilt and shame that I've been burdened with, you know, ever since I was a child. And it just felt like it was welling up even more. Um, and nothing really seemed to work for me. I would listen to Christian music and I was like, ew. Uh, and then I'd <laughs> it, like, go to churches. I'd go to like my home church, um, which... Um, I'm not trying to speak out badly about at all. Um, But in a lot of, and even my home church and like other churches, like non-denom Baptist, I just did not feel at home. Right. I would just Mm. sit there and I was like, I, I don't feel good. (laughs) I feel really bad actually. So you didn't feel at home because mm -hmm. you didn't feel like a good person or you didn't feel safe. So when you're in church, you just thought, you still wondered what you were saying. I know saved. I've said yeah. the prayer, but I don't think I'm saved. And yeah. you, would, you would look around and see everyone and go, well, they're all saved and I'm not because there's something bad about me. Is that the picture you had? Yes. I felt that I was a deeply broken, disgusting human being. Right. Uniquely different and broken to everybody else. Yeah. Can yes. I, without, yes. like you can answer at whatever level you you are comfortable with i'd be really interested to know what were the sorts of things was Mm. it like Mm -hmm. like and as again going in as little or as much detail as you want but was it like was it you stole a snickers bar from the general store or you you were into porn or like what were the sorts of levels of things was it just did you want to drink alcohol or did you like kissing girls or guys or whatever it was like what was the sort of the stuff in your life that, that maybe you placed viewed, you uniquely different. Yeah, you viewed yourself as so broken and, and bad. Yes. Well, I was attracted to girls uh, yeah. and I felt bad about that. I said I should right. I should be viewing them as my my sisters in Christ, which like oh, saying that right. now, I'm kind of like, ugh. Uh, <laughs> just like that idea is just like, yeah. ugh. Um, yeah. I just checked out my sister in Christ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And if she wasn't my sister, like. <laughs> no, I see. Now you're like, oh, no wonder. He's checking out his sister. Yeah. Um, you guys end the call. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. we're not interested anymore. Um, and I had been addicted to porn from the seventh grade until that, uh, until that time. Yeah. I actually have not watched porn for over a year now. Yeah. Um, but it was this feeling that I um, experienced sexual attraction. Yeah. And I should not because yeah, sexual okay. attraction equals lust. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which equals hell. <laughs> it, exactly. Yes. The seven deadly sins. And that's one yeah. of them. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And so basically I was like, oh, nope. Let's push all that down. And just keep that, you know, and basically I was just like, I can't, you know, if I, if I am attracted to someone that can't be what God wants. And that's like me just like saying how it was. It wasn't like the actual thought process that went through my head. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, I, you know, um, so I was like dealing with that and something that started to help me. Uh, was actually the album from Sufjan Stevens, Carrie and Lowell. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, where he is singing about his mother. He's singing about um, his sexuality. Um, he's singing about, like, being in relationships, like, um, unmarried in sexual relationships, which I was like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, that's that's yes. a big, like, no-no. That's a bigger no-no. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and I was like, how can this person have such like robust faith? Because if you like track a lot of the stuff that he says and a lot of his his music, it's very faith oriented. And I was like, this is really cool. He's coming in into grips with that. He's human, but he's like singing directly to Jesus on this um, both secular and sacred album, you know. Um, so what I what I did was I um, stayed up like every night when I was in Peru and learned the lyrics to that song and to all the songs. And I just, and I would actually sing them. It was like a ritual. It was like liturgy to just sit there and, and sing these songs and let myself start feeling grief. And I just started unpacking a lot of things that I had felt, you know, like I, my grandfather had passed away when I was nine and I was kind of like, well, he's in heaven. So I don't have to be sad. Um, and it, it helped me get through that. So that, I would say, is the beginning of when the healing really started. Um, from then on, I started looking into other denominations, uh, <laughs> which was very radical for me, you know, because like, it's like, not, I, I started looking into Anglicans, which I was like, I always thought Anglicans weren't Christians growing up. Uh, and then I started going to an Anglican church and hanging out with Anglicans. And I'm like, oh, okay, they are, but the Episcopalians aren't because they're more of the left-leaning <laughs> yeah. ones. And wow. then I was like, then now those are Episcopal churches are some of my favorite to go to. Um, another healing thing was meeting a Christian family that was openly, demo openly democratic. Um, and I was like... I didn't know As that in could... the political party. Yeah, yeah. So that yes. was obviously strange yes. in your world. Okay, yeah. Th that's We're piecing together this picture then. Yeah. So in I guess in your communities growing up, and this is definitely a very foreign concept to Australians. Yes. Uh, you'll come across Christians and their political leanings 
probably have you, not. You will. You wouldn't be able to. Guess. You wouldn't be able to yeah. pin at a high enough accuracy to yeah. go which side they sit. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. where you were, Southern Baptists are what almost exclusively identified as Republicans. Yeah, I would want to say exclusively. It's very yeah. like rare that I would see like a like a like anyone who's independent Baptist, Southern Baptist, be like, and I'm a Democrat. Like I would be like, oh. right. <laughs> uh, wow, that's um, interesting. And so you had a very one picture of what a Christian looked like, one picture mm-hmm. of what a Christian believed, one picture yeah. of who you were supposed Every, to be. Everything was very linear and boxed. Mm-hmm. And you saw yourself as outside of that box, not fitting yeah. in, not uh, not being holy or pure. Um, yes. And so you would you would go to church and just know that like you're experiencing attraction and porn and these these things that you you know like your humanness you couldn't escape yeah. and that's what I guess left you in the anxiety of well if I'm still experiencing yeah. you know attraction to girls and 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 things like that and lust so to speak yeah. then I mustn't be saved yeah. and so you're always uh, you're always referencing your salvation in almost every context and then. <laughs> By listening to someone like Sufjan Stevens, who is a Christian, or I don't even know actually, but he 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 what opened your worldview yes. to what somewhat what another way of following Jesus might look like that was a little bit wider that included room enough for you to exist for you to to feel like you were okay. Yeah, it's like if that can exist there, maybe I'm all right as maybe well. Maybe I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I Yeah, okay. I was like, "Oh, maybe what what was beginning then was maybe God doesn't just tolerate me. Maybe God like likes me." <laughs> uh, <laughs> you right. know, like yeah. more than loves yeah. me. So it's it's interesting the the two times that were like some of the biggest transformative times for me both happened in different countries. Um, and so one was in Peru and the next was in the Philippines um, mm. where I was really, you know, I, I kind of started reverting back into, I can't be, you know, um, a good Christian because of X, Y, and Z. So I was about to um, start dating the girl that I'm dating now. Um, and I went off to the Philippines and there was just, she was so kind and sweet to me and like loving to me that I was like, this is, whoa, like, I don't deserve this at all. And, you know, like, I'm also attracted to this person. Right. And I'm like, that can't be right either because you're supposed to kind of walk around and be castrated until, you're, you know, you're married, and until then you you're can, married, and then you can yeah, do it because until yeah, then she's you your can... sister. <laughs> <laughs> not sure how we break through um, that yeah, barrier. Yeah. Look, and I'm that, not, I'm not dispelling like, any dispersions, but <laughs> and it's literally even just being attracted. I would feel bad about being attracted. Just that, you know, um, because obviously <laughs> attraction. You're talking like sexually attracted. Like, damn, she's right. good looking, and you know, yeah, I might have like imagined I'm, some inappropriate thoughts or something. And that's you know right. everything to do with sexuality, I guess, from your mm-hmm. context. Uh, or I guess a lot of Christian contexts. Yeah, like when you're when you're young, you're around someone that you're attracted, and you don't know what that is, so you just start getting excited 
Um, like, and that was, and that's even that I was like, I can't, I've got to find my delight in Christ, <laughs> you know? And like, yeah. And so like, I, yeah. And so everything that I liked, like everything that I enjoyed, especially if it was like the company of another person, um, I considered idolatry. Um, so I actually made a meme about this where, you know, where that guy's like, is this a pigeon? And it's like a butterfly. Um, yeah. So I was like me genuinely enjoying something. Is this idolatry, you know? And so, and that just helped me process it. Like it was just me like laughing about it, but it's also like, this is real. Like this is this what is, it was. That's the question that dominated your life. Well, the two questions, am I saved? But it's linked to, is this idolatry? If I'm having too much fun, if I'm enjoying myself, if I'm getting anything pure, good or pleasurable out of life itself, is this idolatry? And then am I going to hell? That seems yes. to be yeah. the subtext to almost your whole existence. Like, 10 years yeah. of existence from eight <laughs> to 19. Yeah. 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 I, I, Used to, I remember going to pool parties and everyone around me was having fun and I was in the pool and I was like, I think I'm going to hell. Like I'm like, you wow. know, like yeah. I, it would, the, the, the sun would go down and I would just feel so like God was really ready to send me to hell. The other people that were in the pool with you, were they of like the same Christian denomination? Like were they a part of your church community as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so but you were you were swimming. They were all having a great time, but and not going <laughs> to hell, and not going to hell. And you were in the right. same pool, having the same party, but you in your head thought you were going to hell because you were having fun. Right. I so oh. I, I I think there's a possibility that some of my my friends could have maybe feared the same thing. Though some of the conversations I've had with a few of my friends it hasn't seemed like that. Um. And I, externally, I probably looked like I was having a great time. Um, but I was dealing with so much that even to this day, um, if I get in a pool and it's like the same temperature as the pool that like when I was like swimming back in North Carolina, it brings all those back. And I'm like, this isn't true. Like you don't, you don't have to believe this anymore. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but it's still, you're saying it's still the trauma. Like it's I'm really like your default this. position is to yeah. like you're triggered into like this is sin. It's still in like within you, I guess, and that's the idea of spiritual trauma you're talking yeah. about. Uh, as you're in Peru, you're beginning to unpack these, these either theology or or stories that you've been told that you might not even have been aware of that are still like operating, even though now you might be not uh, cognitively thinking it's there, but yeah. you're noticing that it's still very much but the, and the worst, part of... The yeah. worst part about that too is it, it sounds to me like it wasn't given in an overt manner to yes, Thomas. Like his exactly. father wasn't feeding this and his parents weren't feeding yeah. him these sorts of things. It's just the stuff that he was picking up Filling from in his the community. Gaps yeah, from this to this. And because there were didn't seem to be enough open communication like you tell us if we're way off target here thomas but um it seems like there wasn't enough open communication with other people within the community that you could say hey i'm feeling this and they're like no no no. i mean like i can see how you're feeling but it's merely a bit more like this mm-hmm. and there was sort of uh-huh. no sort of like spiritual direction in that but regard. it's also it also sounds like a very 
logical yeah. line of thought to take. Yeah. Like at no point am I thinking, oh, like Thomas is, he's just taking it out of context. No, like, that's right. It seems almost he's taking it too much within the context. Yeah. Or, or almost s- taking it too literally. Would what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you reckon we're off yeah, base? Yeah, I would or? say, no, I think you're right on target. You know, I would, yeah. I the, the few times that I would try to talk to like mentor figures, I would be like, hey, like I'm like when I was, like dealing with my um, with addiction to porn and feeling like I, I would say that that addiction came from thinking it was bad that I experienced sexual attraction and that we are sexual people. Right. So I couldn't accept that about myself. So it kind of forced me to like be like hiding with it, essentially. Um, so I finally told like when I started telling people, they'd be like, and it was like adult men, they'd be like, yeah, I, I deal with that too. And like, that sucks, doesn't it? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to be stuck with this until I'm as, you know, like in my 40s and my 50s, like I don't want that, you know? Um, and if anyone, I'm not trying to shame anyone who like is, might be watching who like watches porn or anything like that. Um, but you know, like, I, for you, you felt it wasn't for healthy me, for you to do it. Yeah, for me, right. it, it was based off of it was very unhealthy, and I've just I know people who have been hurt by it, you know. And so, like for me, like now I'm when I say like I'm porn free, like I've just seen things. Like to me, I'm like I don't really see any benefits from this, um, you know. Like I actually think this is doing more damage than good, um, and I think it's in the church, it's very rampant. And I know that you guys have an episode even about that, um, which I listened uh, to a Thanks lot of that. Thanks for the plug. The cash um, is, is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> what did you have to untangle? What yeah. ideas did you have to pull apart? What new ideas did you have to accept that has led you to, to wherever you are now? Like, yeah. And you said Peru was that instrumental one saying what this is what it looks like to be a Christian but also embrace some of your huma- humanness. Uh, and what, what mm-hmm. else was there? Well, I would say that I started realizing in the particular tradition that I'm a part of, women are seen like uh, as they cannot be pastors. Um, uh, gay people, if they are openly gay, cannot be a part of the church um, because that's basically the narrative is that they're an abomination, you know? And so there's a lot of focus on, on gender and and sexuality, I would say. Um, And so when I started unpacking, you know, like what I believed, I'm like, oh, I think maybe women can be pastors and, oh, maybe, you know, gay people aren't sinful for being gay. <laughs> um, what what and, do you think led you to those conclusions, given that mm-hmm. your whole upbringing in circles didn't think that? Yeah, that's a good question. Because uh, some people are like, oh, did you get these ideas when you went off to your school? And I was like, no, yeah. I, I kind of got them when I was in all these environments. I think it oh. was, I always go back to um, Sufjan Stevens because he is um, sings about, same-sex relationships and things about like having faith in Jesus. And Mm. I was like, Oh, can this exist? So I started, you know, Mm. unpacking that. And, um, I was kind of struggling with that. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm starting to believe that this can be true. 
that um, you can be a Christian and be gay and like being gay isn't an abomination in the eyes of God. Um, and I uh, started feeling guilt and shame about, I'm like, oh, I must have fallen, you know, so far to believe these things because that was ah, awesome. Yeah. So yeah. now it's a new level of yeah. shame yeah. because <laughs> you so got many. it wrong. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. But right. that's like your default position to be like, I'm doing this shame. Yeah. And it now even, even in your, like, I guess, quote unquote, progress forward to unpacking some of these, these perhaps doctrines that might've uh, you've interpreted in a way that's really caused a lot of harm. Even in that recovery process, you're still defaulting to this. Oh, I can't believe I, I used to believe that. Like, ugh. Like the same yeah. shame mechanism is operating at every level. It sounds like uh-huh. it's every. It's it feels like it's everywhere. You know, like a, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I turn around and it's still there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I've had shame has been such an invasive part of my life. You know, yeah, like it's always yeah. just felt like it's there with me. So. Yeah. When I went to the Philippines, um, I didn't have like access to any internet where we were. We were like up in the mountains helping missionaries um, mm. build a house. Yeah. And I, I was kind of like, this is an act of devotion. This is me like showing God that I'm like, I'm working for him. So like why, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I was helping out in the house and, and, you know, like just really like day and night, I just felt so much shame. And I was like, oh, like, I'm not, I'm not a Christian. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm so bad. I'm, I'm going against God. I'm working against God's kingdom. And one day it, it was really, really bad one day um, where I just like could not get away from this overpowering, overpowering feeling of guilt and shame. And I was like, I just need something to distract me for right now because I don't really know what to do. And so I was like, let me just open up my podcast app and see if I downloaded any. And um, it was actually a podcast from the liturgist. Um, right. And oh, they had that interviewed. Old gateway drug. <laughs> yeah. Good. So good. just quickly, and I want to pick up exactly where, where you're going. Uh, how do you how how did you even have the liturgist podcast? Because yeah. that's a very quite quite a. I guess progressive uh, yeah. podcast. Like, it's like a step beyond Rob Bell. Yeah, like it's it's well past the gateway drug of Rob Bell yeah. uh, for liberal, so like, to speak, Christians. Yeah, Rob Bell's like the biggest heretic in the church, and the liturgists are like, you open the door outside of the church, and they're there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hi guys. <laughs> I was looking into liturgy because I had been like really fascinated by what liturgy was. And I was like looking up podcasts to learn more about it. And I found the liturgists and I was like, oh, okay. They're nuts. You had no idea yeah, what they were. Yeah. yeah. And so I just, <laughs> I just subscribed to them and I didn't listen yeah. to We should name this episodes. podcast like something better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get some like ins- when people are like searching existential questions, yeah, yeah. they find our podcast. Yeah. How do we do that? Yeah. <laughs> or something like fundamental. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll brainstorm yeah. a better name right. later. But okay, interesting. So you accidentally downloaded this podcast, I suppose, because you weren't like necessarily on that theological deconstructing belief journey yet. Yes. You yeah. were still very much in that same belief, the same shame cycle. And right. okay, yeah. Yeah, so I was like dealing with that, right? So I was like, oh, I'm, I, I wasn't interested in deconstructing my faith. 
I, I was probably like making fun of people who deconstructed their faith at this yeah, time. Right, I don't yeah. know. What was I'm, what was your perspective on those people at this time who were deconstructed? What would you think about them? Well, let's see. At this time, there's a possibility that I was more supportive of them inward, but outward, I was like, "Oh, I can't believe that they're doing this, right?" Yeah, like, right, oh, like yeah. and like making Saying fun and of them, doing the right basically. things. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. They were misled or misguided or misguided. They just wanted to do whatever they want. They um, want to put their own what... spin on the Bible. They're just not reading yeah. it properly. It's a self motivated thing. Yeah, they're just yeah. they're just making up their own interpretations. Um, yes, yes. Because I've got yeah. the interpretation. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. But was beginning to soften to it, to deconstructing because I was like, I, I don't like. I was very adamant about doubt. Like I would, I would tell people like that. I would get like upset with people who were saying that like you couldn't doubt as a Christian because I'm like, I doubt all the time. <laughs> I've dealt with doubt since I was really little. But I, so I downloaded this this. I looked at my phone and I, I saw that I had two episodes from the liturgist downloaded. And I was like, I don't really know what this is. And it said, Richard Rohr, the universal Christ. Yeah. I was sitting there. I was literally, I was sanding a floor and I was listening to this. And Richard Rohr is just starting to talk about like the beauty of like what Christ is and like how like we don't have to feel bad about feeling passion, you know, and like, like being like excited about life basically and that like enjoying you can enjoy a pool party (laughs) yeah you can enjoy you can you can have a girlfriend and you can love your girlfriend and that's okay it's not idolatry to do that yeah yeah Um, yeah and he was talking about like enjoying someone's company and being like hey i'm good and you're good and when he said i'm good and you're good i just started crying and i had like this mask on to like shield my eyes and like my tears were like in the mask you know and i didn't like want anyone to see me and i told the group i was like hey i'm gonna go down to the river uh and just like look at it because it was like really close and they're like all right so i went down and i just kept listening and just the more that he talked about the more that my heart kind of opened up um to being like oh maybe like like faith is bigger than me and you know like what the way that i've come to understand faith Um, meaning maybe I don't always have to have it right. You know, maybe, maybe I don't have to exclude all these people and not, um, quote, commune with these people because they are gay or a woman pastor or something like that, you know? Um, so it really started, I started feeling like I was floating, like I was like a whole new person. It it was just this feeling. I'm like, oh, like maybe what I would say began there is, Maybe I'm, I don't have it all right. Maybe I don't have every nuance of my faith figured out. And maybe there's more of God's children than I ever like anticipated. I even remember someone like a professor saying once, he's like, I think he said something like maybe Muslim people go to heaven. And I was like, (laughs) what? You know, um, Like, excuse you, sir. Are, um, you still, are you still drunk from last night or something? Yeah. <laughs> um, like, what's it like to be a heretic and work at this school? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just felt 
to start like like I started opening and I I started I had this notebook that the youth pastor my church had given me um and he's like write about what the trip is like and I wrote like a few pages and it was really hard for me to write anything um but as soon as that happened we were there for another like three or four days I just filled so much of that book like I almost filled the entire notebook while we were there like we would finish working and I would just go to like in up back into the house and I just sit and write and I'm like, maybe this is wrong, but maybe this is right. And maybe God loves me. Um, and maybe grace is actually a gift and there's no requirement for receiving that gift. Um, so kind of where I've, where I've been now is I'm starting to like, I, I've started to believe that God is like, like just pure love and, um, I used to always discredit love. People were like, God is love. I'm like, yeah, God is love, but God is just. And basically what I, ha- I do, I do hear that quite often. Um, yeah. we, we like to, you know, have diversity of different perspectives right. on, on the show. And I, and I have heard that that is the general response to be like, but God is love. Cause you know, it says it somewhere mm-hmm. in the new Testament there, God is love. Um, right. and then, but then the response is yes, but he's also just, and the just uh, it's almost a different emphasis that is placed on it. So you would say you came from the camp of saying, yeah, but God is just, and that's more of a who's in, who's out, hell versus not, who's good, who's not. It's still a judge. And he can love you, like a judge can care about you and judge you because that's how he shows love. Mm. Um, but yeah, you're mm-hmm. putting that part to the side a bit more now and you're moving yeah. towards... Well, I wonder... People, when people say, well, God is just, I actually do think God is just, but I think God is just, God's idea of justice is different than our idea of justice. You know, like, like when I would hear people say God is just, they were arguing for capital punishment, uh, basically. So it's like God is just, so he would want this person to die. Um, And my question for people who would say that to me, even before I was like really like working through my faith is like, how can you rid violence, like stop violence with more violence? Like that doesn't make any sense. And do you think that God is um, like just waiting to strike you, which is what I believed. And I think that all comes down to how you view like um, the crucifixion story probably, um, which I'm, I'm sure Brad Jurisak talked about that a lot when, uh when he was on yeah yeah we um, did actually yeah because that's like his like a big thing that he talks about and i've listened mm-hmm. to a lot of his talks um but I, I don't know i just started my heart started opening up to like oh maybe like my idea of justice is not god's idea of just of justice um and i was really struggling with the idea of capital punishment um when i was um in peru and I would have talks with people about it. And they're like, and this is why we condone it. Because in Leviticus, it says this. And I'm like, around that time, they're also saying if your teenager is rebellious, you would go and stone him. Um, so I think we'd have a lot less teenage boys <laughs> today. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they knew what they were up to. If you had have come across the liturgists and Richard Raw even five years before when you did, it sounds like you would have just been like, oh, these guys, they don't know what they're talking about. Like, it, it, I don't want to, yeah. like, dis, you know, disparage you or anything, but it sounded like that was the position that you sort of were in. 
What do you mm-hmm. think it was that made you open and receptive to that mm. message at mm. that time? Like, what was Where the, the defences of they're wrong and the heretic yeah. didn't come up this time? Yeah. I wonder if it was just pure exhaustion. Um, I was finally worn down, you know? Um, like, wow, maybe, maybe I have been trying to fight this, like, this love you know, for so long. And finally, I just like had to stop. And that's like the idea of surrendering, right? So you surrender to, to yeah. God. You give up and that I was like, fight. Oh, yeah. 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 So I'm like, maybe I need to stop being so judgmental in my way of being judgmental um, and start listening um, and trying to get to know the heart of God. So uh, something that I did was later on that summer, I, did, I, went, I was at the beach and I was like, I want to figure out what I think God is like. Um, so I sat down on the beach and I closed my eyes and I just thought, and I like, was kind of just in like this state of, of prayer basically. And I, what I, I ended up seeing myself, like, like I guess in your mind's eye, um, I started looking up and I see all these clouds and they're very stormy. And this big jacked Zeus-like man emerges out of it. And he's got like these golden bracelets. And I could just see it clear as day, you know. And he's so angry. (laughs) He's so mad. Um, And he's got this lightning bolt. And he's looking at me. And he pulls it up. And I was like, oh, this is my view of God. And this God is about to zap me with with a lightning bolt. But what was interesting was at the end of that, at the end of what I was seeing, I saw this hand come out and grab this God and pull it away. And that's when it all ended. That's when I opened my eyes and I'm like, oh, I'm still on the beach. Um, and that's where what I feel is very symbolic to where I'm at now. You know, like I, it's like this, this angry, violent God um, is starting to like I'm I'm it's starting to melt down. My golden calf is starting to melt down, you know. And instead, God is you know Jesus. You know we see God in Jesus, this man who aligns himself with the oppressed, with the marginalized, with the hurting, and he stands up against power. I mean, you can't just say that Jesus was all lovey dovey um, when he went into the temple and saw these people like selling uh, goods in the temple, basically exploiting, um, like selling sacrifices. And he gets up and he starts throwing stuff, you know, and like he gets angry for the right reasons. And it's, um, and he exalts um, people for their humility, you know? Um, And so I, I saw this and I'm like, oh, like maybe that's what God is like. You know, and um, I started dropping the idea that Jesus had to be killed to substitute um, and for us, you know, like, like I would, some of the growing up people like Jesus took your place on the cross. You deserve that. You see that man suffering and crying. Um, that's what you deserve. And I'm like, I'm seven, you know, like, I, <laughs> um, and that's horrible. Like, that's like such a terrible thing. And like, I just pictured like God killing Jesus on the cross and being like, yeah, I'm good now. Yeah. I'm satisfied because death has been served. 
Right. But also then there's like, I'm good, but like, kind of, some of you are still going to hell, um, <laughs> which is really interesting. Yeah. Cause you um, didn't say that right prayer. <laughs> right. Right. I'm still a little um, bit angry about that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you almost did it. You know, you almost made it into the, into the, the pearly gates, but you didn't say the right prayer, which I, I don't think that's the case at all. I, I, I think that if we start cutting people out, um, thinking that God is angry at people, thinking that God is wanting to kill, you know, people for who they are, um, then we've got a, that's bad religion. It's like, I don't feel like that's a relationship to God. It's like a, it's a respect of a God who is very angry. <laughs> to, to kind of link all this, like what you're talking about, with your personal journey, as I pull out little things I'm saying, like when you were in the Philippines serving God as best you can, you could, yeah. it, it's interesting to me that you said like in Peru, was it or Portugal? Yeah, it's Peru. Peru. In Peru, you were, you were beginning to be like, unpack this stuff, like maybe homosexuals aren't an abomination and maybe women mm-hmm. could be pastors and leaders. Like something within you seemed to be drawn towards, I don't know, it's just more inclusion, right? Yeah. And then in <clears throat> Philippines, what I'm seeing is like the interplay of the brokenness of the totally worn out. Like how long ago were you in the Philippines? That was last summer. Uh, I See, think this it was... Yeah. It's fresh. Very, so <laughs> I, I, I get the sense that you, on some level, feel like it's taking you a long time to unpack this. Yeah. I get that, yeah. that sense. But, but f- I guess for us, like I'm 31, one? I think I'm 31. <laughs> Something I like that. I'm and, 33. And Cam's 33. <laughs> for Your all journey has just been like For all of this massive. journey to happen exactly in <laughs> one year. And what I'm seeing is this interplay of just how broken you were. And Seth talks about this in our episode, Porn Stars as Priests. And he said something that has stuck with me. He said, um, everyone has a different rock bottom. And he was talking about a friend who's like, just, you know, doing some hard substances and he's just there going, I I guess whatever your rock bottom is, like I'll be there because you have to find it. And it sounds like the fatigue you felt of a life of shame, a life of not being good enough, a a life of being quote-unquote right, like your doctrines and theology was right, but you were, it sounds like some level of hell, literal hell on earth where everything you did was judged, it was wrong, and you were so fatigued that you act like by pure fate or whatever you would call it, you listened to... I guess somebody you wouldn't normally listen to, Richard Raw. Uh, a lot of, right. I mean, he's probably got mixed mixed opinions of, of different people. Right. You know, some would call him a heretic, others find him very helpful, and um, you know, some would say both. Yeah, and yes. per- perhaps <laughs> exactly both. That interplay is interesting to me. The fact that you had to be so exhausted for those defenses to finally be down for you to hear the message of mm-hmm. you are okay, maybe. Yeah you actually don't know all the answers and... And maybe you don't need to. And maybe that's yeah. good news because yeah. if you yes. don't know the answers, well, guess what? You're okay. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's actually really great because it's like, it's maybe you don't have all the answers. And it's like the way when I kind of visualized what I looked like before I got to that point, 
was just me really tiny with like a sword. And I'm just like pointing it up at God. And I'm like, no, you can't love me. You know, like you can't, you can't love me and you can't love other people. Um, they have to be this way. You had created your own understanding of God and you were like defending yourself. Your picture of that. God. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 I had created an, an idol. Actually, a lot of, I, I mean, as a, like a, a film kid, um, I made a lot of like films about this topic. I've written, I write poems every day. And if you look at my poems um, back when I was probably like 17 was around the time it was like getting like really bad again. And it was like, I'm just the worst. Like I'm the scum of the earth, you know? Um, it's just me thinking that I was just horrible, you know? And I would yeah, just, yeah. All, all my poems were that. And now a lot of my poems are like... You don't have any handy, yeah, do you? Like, I, you, you can or not. Yeah. Um, like, I would be purely fascinated to see, like, a contrast of, like, here's, here's a one, poem one I wrote when I was 17. Of 17. And here's was last week's one. Because we actually <laughs> had someone uh, two weeks ago or last week actually share a poem on this as well. So, I'm yeah. seeing a trend and I really enjoyed it. I'm a very new to, like, poetry. Cam's yeah. a bigger fan of... of of this form. You can or so not. It's maybe, up to you. Completely yeah. up to you. Feel feel free to, yeah. to just politely I, say no. And maybe we can <laughs> do it at the end if you if you like or yeah. yeah. Yeah, let me see. Um, okay, so I've been filling this one out. My poems don't rhyme, just fun. Yeah, fun. that's fine. And don't worry. I'm, cool. I'm new to poetry, yeah. but I do know that they don't have to rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm only I've written poetry for years and I'm only like just now opening the, oh maybe these don't have to rhyme. So like that's <laughs> more like to myself, you know. Yeah, we're on the same um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so this was actually only written like um like two months ago. Okay. But okay. it exemplifies um where I've been theologically, this is probably one of, um, this one doesn't have anything about like wanting to be hurt. Like a lot of my, my poems were about how I deserve to be hurt and beaten and, right. and all these things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So heavy. this is more about, um, the mask, the facade, you know, of like trying to have a great external, but inside is just a war zone, you know? So, <clears throat> I was very clever with the title. I called it Convincing Myself. So here we go. Yeah, good. I like it. A grin will tell all to all, and no one will guess any different. If a face is made, crafted for satisfaction, I'll be left alone. Even the mirror tells lies so well that I can't figure out the truth. This is a science that I have studied too long. This is all a lie. That's it. <laughs> wow. That's very powerful. That's heavy. That's like... Oh, kudos! That is a great poem. I really Thank like you. that. Yeah. Now, I very rarely have shared um, yeah. any anything I've I've written. I I like have my my other page, Many Waters, and I'll put like kind of poems on them, right. but I've never been like bold enough um, to do that. I'm wow, trying to you see should can... uh, you should seize that because that's that's a really really powerful poem that that you mm. just share that's i really appreciate that and particularly if you don't do it frequently that's um yeah thanks thanks a bunch for doing that that's that's awesome thank you so much for giving me that opportunity well it I might would... be a new direction for the show yeah maybe we'll do a poetry side project <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i have one more this is less of a poem but this um it's kind of just like a short little flash nonfiction, something like that I don't really know how yeah. to describe what I write sometimes. 
Um, yeah, that's but cool. this would probably exemplify um, more of where what my theology is, like where I'm yeah, finding right. myself in faith. So this yeah, is just called cool. Resurrection Day. When the light fades away, we are in the garden. The memory of the desert is so distant that we are no longer sure if there was ever a desert to begin with. The figure stands before us, no longer shrouded, smiling with eyes more human and godly than we could ever comprehend. All was light, too much for our eyes to see. Now we are light, and there is only the garden. Yeah. And that would be more of where I'm at now. <laughs> right. And I really like the I really like the language and the and the imagery you're using in, in, in your poems. It's, I reckon, to Thank to you. that imagery that I guess like and that's what that's what's great about poetry is that you are like painting a picture with yeah. words and that like second poem I mean people once again um, people can agree or disagree with you know the theology you might hold now yeah. they might try and box you and yeah. I mean we all do sure. it we might try and say like what do you believe about this well you don't believe in a literal hell or you yeah. do and yeah. and things like that <laughs> but w- what I am hearing is that th- this state of living hell that you lived in of self-judgment and self-shame to a point where you write using such vivid and beautiful imagery that seems like you've found at least a glimpse of some level of freedom from that. Talk to me about where you are now, I suppose, and and what, what are you journeying with now yeah where i'm at now is i think god is exemplified through jesus is a lot a lot better and more loving than we could ever comprehend like the most loving person that you know in your life is just like an image of what god is through jesus you know um and i i write about resurrection day because i believe that will be resurrected or else the resurrection of jesus the christ meant you know nothing like, I, I think our bodies will be resurrected. Um, what, I, what I think is our ideas of what judgment are, what justice is, like, I think we'll all be free from everything that's holding us down. You know, like, everything that's And in your, your situation, that's, like, shame and guilt and, and that sort of stuff. Like, those things will, will disappear, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, Have and, you found now some freedom from that heavy shame that you've battled with for the last, you know, 11 years or so? Mm-hmm. Well, depends on the day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, predominantly, yes. Um, but then someone who would share a lot of the theology that I did at a certain point would be like, well, what about this? And it all kind of comes crashing back down on me. Uh, right. And I have to yeah. kind of like find my way back out. You know, prayer helps, you know, just spending time with with saying that like I, what I'll do is I'll light a candle and sit in front of it and tell God that I want to spend time and just listen. And that's, and you actually, like I've experienced what I have come to identify as a presence of God, where it's just so real and powerful and and very overwhelming. Um, And it feels like a fire in your heart and like all around you. And that's different, I think for everyone, but for me, that's what it, that's, that's what it is. feels like. Yeah, uh, you've already half answered that question, but what is what have been some of the things that you've been doing that have led you to more healing? 
whether it be spiritual practice or prayer or uh-huh i think um some of it has been prayer um i'd like to pray like more the bible is hard for me to read sometimes uh because it's like oh i can't enter like i can't Not experience what it any other way say. Yeah. right right yeah. and, that's, and, and you don't yeah. have the theological ability to deconstruct their context that it was written in and all that sort of stuff so sometimes it's just a bit too heavy for you yeah yeah sometimes it's it's really because there's so much that goes into it um yeah and like i'll i'll have discussions with my dad about it and i will talk about like um and we'll talk about some passages sometimes and be like well what if it means this and i like that i like being able to have that conversation but it's been really hard for me just because of what I've told you already. Like, it's hard for me to, it was really hard for me to be open much to the, you know, the confusion of, of my family, which is, I lament, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, and like your seven-year-old self as well. Like, <laughs> Right. I lament a lot of things for my seven-year-old self. And just knowing that I was able to internalize so much shame and pain at the age of seven, uh, is just overwhelming you know like i just um also i guess something that i would say that like feels like i'm living out my faith is being speaking out about the injustice that's happening in the united states right now towards um black americans um like something that i wanted to say is heaven is a place where george floyd can walk around again and ahmaud arbery can jog and not you know, be killed, um, you know, just for jogging. And uh, that's where all of our our hatred and our prejudices and our biases will just be just destroyed in the face of God, you know. And I think it will be painful, you know, like a lot of, a lot of, because we're holding on to so much. I'm going to be holding on to my shame even when I die. But when I see the face of God, I think it's going to be ripped from me. And I put so much of myself into it that it's going to be really painful. Um, but I I can't wait <laughs> at the same time, you know? Like, I can't wait. You've come, I, I would say, what sounds like a fair distance from where you were in a very short time. Like, it might feel like a long time, but I don't know. I think <laughs> it seems like a very, very short time. What... How do people see you now? Like, do they know where you sit now? Do they know some of your journey? How how might some of the people who you used to be more uh, uh, mentally aligned with in theology and things like that how do, how do they see you now? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I have found that there are a lot of people that are more accepting to what I'm saying than I thought they would be. Um, you know, um, there are, now there are some who are still like, no, you're, you're wrong. Um, and I'm going to disagree with you there, but I've had a lot of, I've had family members who are like, thank you for talking to me about this or, you know, and, mm. uh, so yeah, so they've appreciated and, it and really engaged with, with the thoughts and, and ideas. Right. And That's I have a lot of, yeah. And I have, um, uh, friends who I, I actually had, um, uh, coffee with a, a good friend of mine. He and I have been friends since we were like really, really young. Like my dad's the pastor, his dad's the music pastor of our church. Um, 
And so he and I, um, we just went out and I just basically told him, I'm like, hey man, like I just need you to know that. And I was like really nervous, but I'm like, I'm affirming of LGBTQ plus Christians. Wow. Um, that's a big thing, eh? Like that could like huge, really drive yeah. a riff like between, wow, okay. Uh-huh, and he doesn't agree with me. Um, but he said, he went, okay. And then we talked about it from there, you know? Um, and he's like, I can see why you were nervous. You weren't rejected by him because of that. No, he still had space no. for you. That's cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm not where I, I would say, like, I've gone through these times where I'm like, oh, all Baptists and non-denoms, they're all the same. And they're all like against and they don't let you like come to your own conclusions. But then, you know, I have coffee with one of my best friends and he's like, OK, <laughs> and that's healing. Like that is the hard work of healing. How do you see them now? Like, how do you see the people that don't agree with you? Um, like, cause, and the only reason we ask that is because you've sort of already shared a bit of your story on how you would have viewed other people. So what's, like, right. how does that change for you? Like, well, how do you view people that yeah. aren't, haven't taken how do that you same view people? Yeah, exactly. How do yeah. you view people that you used to be like? Yeah. Well, I disagree with them, um, but I don't view any of them as, like, not as smart as me. <laughs> um, I think that a lot of our people, like our faith, um, is based upon like who we are. Like we're a product of, of where we are, whether we like it or, or not. And it's like stuff inside of ourselves. So um, there are, I would like um, some friends and family to be more open to women as pastors or, um, you know, um, LGBTQ plus, um, uh, people being in the church, being affirmed for who they are, being pastors themselves, you know? Um, and, um, but it's like, that is hard. Like to have that conversation is hard because there's so many ties. It sounds to me like you're, you would like people to have a similar journey because you've found something really special and mm-hmm. something really freeing and, and, you know, you've, you you have more empathy and all those sorts of things. So you would like a lot of your your friends and family to have that same experience, but they're yeah. resistant to it and it's difficult, but you respect that. Like you understand that it is yes. a difficult thing to do. So it's sort of like you've got a lot of grace for them by the sounds of it. Right, because they're not just making stuff up. This is from their own convictions of what they've read, you know, and, and this is um, this is comes from years of studying and having a relation, you know, like a relationship to God as well, but I don't agree, you know, on a lot of things. Um, and you're and okay with that non agreeance, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that you you're comfortable in that discomfort. Yeah. Yes, I would say right now I'm especially okay with it. Being face to face is harder, you know, because I'm like I have to have this vulnerable conversation with you. Uh, and what if I'm wrong? You know, like there's still that feeling of what if I'm wrong, right? Like that you know, demon me is behind me. Like you could be wrong. Um, (laughs) and, um, but I guess like something I told my girlfriend when I got back from the Philippines, like I was telling her everything that I was processing and going through. And I was like, I've never been more miserable than when I thought I had everything right. (laughs) Um, you know, and like, if you think you've got God completely figured out, I, I think that's sad. Yeah, yeah. Like, What's your girlfriend's 
understanding of where you are now like what does she agree with you like is there some tension in 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 your beliefs like talk to us about that relationship i wouldn't say that there's uh, there is tension in our relationship or our beliefs um but even if we did like even on things that maybe we don't agree on necessarily which there aren't a ton um there wouldn't really be tension because we talk about them you know and well yeah and we started our relationship being like extremely open um and like that's benefited us in the long run because now we can you know talk and because i guess it's always a big uh consideration to be like it is the biblical idea of unequally yoked right like christians often won't marry somebody or won't date somebody if they're not a christian and that can even cut cut straight to like well if you if you think one thing theologically and your partner thinks something else theologically, yeah, there's a lot of like tension being like that, that, you know, people will encounter in that space. So, right. Yeah. I think we, we don't hold anything too tightly save for, um, acting like being passionate about social justice, you know, cause I think that Jesus's ministry really brings us towards, social justice. So if we start caring about our politics more than we care about the man who died with a neck on, I mean, with a knee on his neck for, you know, 10 minutes, um, then, then it's, we've totally lost Jesus in that, you know, like if it's, if we're just arguing about like the politics. You brought Jesus into like the, the political now, like if Jesus was walking around now, who would he be standing up for who are the oppressed now that he would be speaking up for yeah okay i get it i think yeah. jesus totally surprises us all the time and i think it happens today too the way that we see jesus like the christ exemplified um and it's just he just was so shocking with his with his ministry like he scandalized people so much you know on on like, why are you talking to this this woman at the well? You're not supposed to be doing that. And it was all like a political act that like a lot of what he was doing that we, I guess it's hard to see the, the political context when it isn't our mm-hmm. political context, right? Right, right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I I guess like to, to go back to the point of like my, my girlfriend and I, like um I imagine as time goes on, we'll find more things that we agree on and more things that we disagree on. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And that, and we should be able to talk about those things. Cause if not, it's not a healthy relationship. And you see the trend within Christianity. Obviously we've said it before on the show, over 30,000 different Christian denominations. That's a conservative number. This is what happens when, okay, I think this, you think that, okay, go form your own church, go be your own person. Because you're not welcome here and you're like, well, I don't want to be here anyway. And and it just splits and divides and divides and divides. But what you've Mm -hmm. kind of, uh, I've seen, at least in your response to these questions, even though you might say not agree with, you know, the people you grew up with and and your close friends, you've also highlighted the very fact that I guess I want to pull out that, I mean, all Baptists are different too. Like a lot of people will leave and be like, oh, Baptists think we're going to hell. They're judgmental. They're this, they're that. But right. I, you still show some level of understanding of that. Um, and also the understanding that ev- like people, even if you belong to like a very, say, small box, like a very specific denomination or a specific political view, there there's still the human difference amongst 
that and the and the different journey of humans within that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if if we want people to see our perspective, see where our heart is, and see that we're sincere, we have to be like in relationship with them. I think I'd be doing myself a huge disservice as I'm like, oh, you know, I my theology is a little bit different than it was when I was growing up. So now I'm not going to talk to any of my childhood friends or, you know, like something like that. Like, um, and if you're, if you're just creating this protective bubble around yourself, so your views are never threatened. Yeah. Yeah. Your faith is going to shrink, you know, and it's just going to be like, Oh, I've, I've got to figure it out again. Um, and and like you were talking about before with your image of God, like your image of God shrinks too, like with, with that, yeah. exactly what you're talking about. God yeah. gets really small. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to make the point, like if your God is getting smaller, like something probably has to change, you know? Mm. Um, what strikes me about your journey is the absolute suffering that you existed in when you knew who God was. Yeah. When there was no doubt <laughs> about who God was and who yeah. was in and who was out. Caused so much lo- Like, I genuinely, like, like admire, like, your resilience yeah. to make it as far as you did yeah. with that level of, like, sh- like, I think everybody deals with shame on some level. Yeah. Like, whether it's religious shame or, or uh, like... Body shame so- or whatever. Body shame, societal yeah. shame. You yeah. don't fit this, you don't fit that. Like, it's a common element of the human experience. And, I mean, it can really just distort worldviews and, yes. and break someone's humanity. So, to for you to kind of... Work through that. I guess, yeah, yeah. work through that and then also continue to share your journey and continue to work through the shame, I guess that we all carry on some level. And I guess you, like you've said, you're not, it's still within you and it's still something that like in different days, in different circumstances, it, pops out. it will, yeah. it will come out. And, yeah. and yeah. Um, it's cool to hear like the, I don't know, like a voice of love almost up, upon who you were as yes. well. Like yeah. with, even when you look upon, like you could have shame for feeling so much shame. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm, yeah. I don't know. I'm hearing like a really, he- like, I don't know, healthy sense of like movement yeah. toward a more open and, and I don't know. Generous and, and yeah. gracious position. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 Thank you. I, I think that good religion is generous and loving and, mm. and inclusive and like, I guess one of my favorite pictures of the like the gospel and 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 love is actually a song from um, <laughs> Princess and the Frog, um, where the it's like this voodoo woman out in the out in the swamp and she's singing the song, and she starts listing all these different types of animals and she goes let them all in here and that's that gets me every time like I'll listen to that song, and I'll just like it'll move me to tears every single time. Because my idea, like I see Jesus in this woman in this in this movie, uh, I just see Jesus like smiling, being like, "Let them all in," you know. Like uh, people are like, "Oh, get the children away." He's like, "No, I want to hang out with these kids," you know. And like, yeah. And so if I move from point A to point B in in faith, and once I make it to point B, and I turn around, look at point A, and people who are either content to be in point A or haven't made it to point B yet. And I'm just like, wow, (laughs) 
you know, like idiots or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I've not made any progress. Maybe you never I, left point A in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like maybe You're I just 8.1. Loop. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh, no, the I loop. That's a better around. analogy. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> and I stand back at point A and I'm like, I made it. <laughs> I'm, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. So um, to, I guess, wrap up, would you say now that you're still in the box of Baptist? Or what, how would you respond to that? I, I would not identify as, as Baptist. Um, if I were to identify in the sense of church denominations, I would probably somewhere between like Episcopalian and Quaker. Um, it's, you know, um, I'll have to get my Quaker, Wikipedia app. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Quakers are big on like inner light, like God is speaking to you in your heart and like, and is continuing to reveal things to you. And Episcopalians are very big on like the liturgy and the ritual, the practice. And a lot of Episcopalians and Quakers, yeah, and I, I do identify with both. You know, I think that I need to have a healthy dose of prayer, liturgy, ritual. But if it's not inspiring me to go out and, you know, advocate for like social justice and feel like um, like God is speaking to me and leading me to have a heart for other people, I think it's back to bad religion, you know? Right. Mm. Um, We've just got a question from one of our friends of the show, Roam Miraz. Uh, what, what is the difference between religion and spirituality for you? I hear you using like good religion. Would you delineate a difference between the two? It's funny. Both the word religion and spirituality make me go, ugh. Um, okay. because yeah, yeah. religion, I'm like, oh, that's too strict. And then someone says yeah. spirituality, I'm like, that's too open, you know? And uh, <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm yeah. like, I'm in a, I'm in a little box in religion and then it, it's just spirituality. I'm just floating in the ethos or something. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah. Interesting. I, but I'm not trying, like, I have a lot of friends who are like, oh, I'm, I'm spiritual, not religious. And I'm not trying to, you know, diss that religion, I think isn't inherently bad nor do I think spirituality is inherently bad at all. <clears throat> I like them together um, because religion is practice, I would say. So religion is, is like, oh, so a lot of what my religion is um, would be me sitting in, in um, devoting to like reading liturgy, to writing liturgy, um, you know, to studying the scriptures and things like that. Um, and then spirituality is how I converse with God, you know, and how I how I pray and want to enter into God's presence, you know. Yeah, I like um, that little distinction. So yeah, it's cool. that's the way I differentiate it in my head. Yeah, cool. Well, again, we've been really, really encouraged and and learned a lot and like love the fact that you shared some poetry with us too. That was really awesome. We oh, really yes, appreciate you. your time and your um your vulnerability. If if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, I just disagree with everything he's just said, <laughs> or you're like, yeah, I totally agree. Well, yeah. uh, Cam and I, yeah. we don't care. We don't care. <laughs> uh, agree, disagree. <laughs> We're hoping to move to a point where 
that it's a bit secondary. Whether you agree or disagree, that's more of an interesting conversation to be had afterwards. Hopefully, you've seen in Thomas's journey at least who he is, his journey, how how he got there, how some of these ideas have helped him, how some ideas have harmed him. Because maybe you hold the same ideas, but they haven't harmed you as much. Maybe you hold the same ones and they have. Um, the, the, the context of an idea is always the person. So hopefully we've been able to pull out some of Thomas's context in the of the ideas that he's had. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can always engage with us on Instagram. Send us some ideas. If you're reading interesting articles, send them through. We'll reach out to authors. Whatever the rabbit hole is that you yeah. find, yeah. you can point us in the direction. We'll, we'll go down it. it. We'll, we'll chase <laughs> it. We'll just see how far that rabbit hole goes. Yeah. Uh, and if you, our email is ideasdigest at gmail.com. Thomas, thanks for being on the show. Thank you again, Thomas. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was so great to talk to you both. I guess we'll catch you in the next episode. Yeah. Thanks a lot. See you later. (laughs)